0: Liberty lockdown, please scan your barcode. Your liberty ain't gone, but yeah, it's on hold. Where did it come from and where did it go? It requires a fight, not tweeting from your phone. Don't need a king, get them off the fucking throne. If you're riding with the thought, you've always got a home. The virus is scared of will come and it'll go. The government knows it's don't get treated like a hoe.
1: What's up, y'all? Liberty locked down in the building. Uh, before we get into the weekly edition of Judge Andrew Napolitano, and it is a great one, so you do not want to miss that, I wanted to give a little bit of commentary on my most recent episode, which was with the uh, U.S. military veteran that went to fight in Ukraine, uh, Paul Swinnison, I believe was his name, if I'm getting that pronunciation correct. Uh, I've had... Mainly, I think, positive, resp- actually, almost entirely positive responses about that interview, uh, despite the fact that almost everyone disagreed with Paul. Um, and I just wanted to say, I'm with you guys. You know, <laughs> if if it wasn't evident from the interview itself, I, I pushed back as uh, gently as I could simply because he has the expertise. He was there. You know, what am I going to say to him? Your your own eyes lied to you? Uh I think that's probably the case, to be honest. I think that, that the situation there, just because you're on the ground, doesn't necessarily mean that you understand all of the macro geopolitical uh, environment that, that has created such a crazy situation. So, well, I said that I, uh, I commended him for his courage, and I still do. I, I think that anybody that, that goes and fights for something they believe in and, and potentially risks their lives deserves that respect, you know, to say, yeah, I commend you for your courage. And I do. That also doesn't mean that I support what he was doing. I don't, actually. I don't think that he is fighting on the side of the people as much as he would like to be. If he was over there purely doing humanitarian aid, sure, I think that that would be reasonable. You're trying to help people that are caught up in the middle of what in some ways is almost a civil war. You have many Russians that that live in Ukraine, or at least Russian speakers, um, and the Russian president, Putin, views the Ukrainian people, as he's said many times, like their brothers. So I think that this is is a very messy situation. And just as my interview with Adam Kokesh, I kind of sat there and I took a lot of abuse. Um, I don't think that it's really productive for me to sit here and lecture someone when I'm interviewing them, to be honest. I think that it's much more important that I allow people to speak, get their point out, and then I counter where I see fit. But I don't want to derail conversations with my own political ideology all the time. Um, Even when I strongly disagree with someone, as I did with Adam, as he cussed at me and called me an idiot and all sorts of crazy stuff, I just sat there and I took it. Because I thought that at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter. You know, this show is not about me when I'm doing an interview, at least. Uh, it is about trying to get to the truth. And that is what every single episode of Liberty Lockdown will be and has been about. Is that I'm trying to find the truth of every situation. And I'm not going to pretend to be an expert on Ukraine. I've read a lot about it. I've listened to a ton of brilliant people talk about it, But I'm not an expert. And... I think that the pushback that I receive from a handful of people, um, I think maybe they're they're thinking that because I've I've talked to Laura Logan and I've talked talked to Scott Horton that I feel as if I am an expert and I have the the moral authority to tell someone that they are definitively wrong. And I just don't feel that way. I feel that way when it comes to certain topics for sure, uh, especially when it comes to business and economics. I feel very strongly in my opinions. When it comes to military conflicts overseas, other than the fact that I strongly believe that we should be doing everything in our power to avoid nuclear war and that the American government has played a role in the lead up to that conflict and we should not be participating further. I strongly believe that. And I tried to make that point to uh, Paul. Beyond that, though, I don't have a strong opinion as to the truth of what I'm reading and what I've heard. It's very hard to get to the truth. It's very, very hard. And I am trying very hard <laughs> to get to the truth. I really don't know what's happening over there. It is almost it's almost impossible to know exactly what's going on. I mean, I've been watching Gonzalo Lira's YouTube videos for a few months now and and his coverage of it is fascinating, and for those that don't know, he has gone radio silent for the past, I think, three or four days. And he had said in a prior video just before he went silent that if he ever goes silent for more than 12 hours, you can assume that he's been kidnapped by the Ukrainian military or the Ukrainian government because he has been reporting very adamantly that the Ukrainians are the ones that are committing the war crimes there. That's his belief. That's his coverage. I tend to agree with him, but I don't know it for a fact. So I think a lot of people want me to be more certain than I am. And I'm not certain. I think that, as Paul said, actually, there's probably war crimes happening on both sides, which is the nature of war. Almost always you have people on both sides that see their comrades die in combat or in their arms and they get radicalized and they do really evil, dark stuff in response, especially when you have young men that are testosterone infused and they've now gone through trauma and they're trying to prove themselves or redeem themselves or get justice for themselves they do crazy things and i think it's highly probable it is happening on both sides i think that the u.s government and the u.s media is not reporting this story even close close to the truth not even close and I think that if I'm going to to get to that truth I'm going to have to speak to people with differing opinions and try and decide for myself. And I want you guys to do the same. You know, just because I believe strongly something in something or some direction on some narrative doesn't mean that you have to. You know, this is this is all about discovery and truth seeking. And that's what I'm doing for myself personally and I hope you guys are too. And if you disagree with me or a guest that I have on that's totally reasonable. You do not have to agree with me on everything. Uh, I would appreciate it if you'd be respectful when you disagree. However, as I try to be respectful to you guys when you disagree with me. Um, but yeah, that's all I really wanted to say about it. I, I do adamantly believe that we should not be involved in Ukraine. Period. That's the first step there. Uh, number two. We must do everything in our power to prevent World War III or hot nuclear conflict. Either of those things, because one kind of leads into the other, and vice versa, potentially. So I don't want I don't want that at all. And beyond that, I don't know for sure that Russia is justified. I listened to a, a gentleman named Ritter who was on Thaddeus Russell's. Show unregistered today, and he made a really compelling argument that that Russia is justified. But then he also went into a rant about how the Nazis are subhuman. You know the the alt right the uh, I'm forgetting their name, but the uh, I want to say Botter Brigade, but I know that's not it. Uh, but yeah, the Bandera folks uh, they they're subhuman and they don't they don't deserve to live. That's what he said. And I don't really agree with that either. And I think maybe it's because I've gone down this, uh, I've I've lived through the United States media labeling political dissidents as alt-right, fringe Nazis that makes me not believe it. And maybe I'm wrong. Maybe these are truly like swastika-wearing Nazis. I've certainly seen a lot of reports to that effect and I'm sure there are some but when you start to paint with that broad of a brush and with permanent marker it gets really dangerous and it allows for you know genocides the other direction even if you think you're morally just you know his his take was these people need to be wiped off the face of the planet i struggle with that i struggle feeling that way about any group of people now there's individuals that i feel about that way pretty strongly but when you start to do groups and you say things like that I think it's super dangerous. And it's led to some of the most horrible atrocities in the history of man. So you should be very hesitant about labeling someone like that and then casting judgment that is lethal and permanent. Especially if you live on the other side of the planet, which is what I'm doing right now. I live on the other side of the planet. I don't know. And until I do know, I'm certainly not going to, condemn an entire group of people to annihilation and i feel that way about the russian people and i feel that way about the ukrainian people sorry i do just telling the truth and i want to avoid us being involved in it as best i can and that is my mission that is my primary goal in all of this so anyways i had to get that off my chest i hope i didn't bore you guys with it i uh I do feel really passionately about this topic and I am, I am very passionately anti-war. I really, really am. Um, but at the same time, I'm not a total pacifist. And I think that there are times where um, you know defending yourself and, and especially if you're being uh, ruled over by tyrants, you have a right. You have a right to defend yourself. And I don't know that that's the case in Ukraine, but Paul certainly felt that way. And all I did was respect his perspective on it. And I think time will tell what's true on this topic, and uh, hopefully I'll be around to see it. And hopefully it's soon, because I would really rather this thing not drag out for years and years, and especially if we get involved. Anyways, we're going to hop into the Judge Andrew Napolitano episode, or segment. Uh, But before I do, please, 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 please go to careerhackers.com and sign up for the Daily Job Hunt email newsletter They've been my longest sponsor. They are absolute legends. If you enjoy this show, it costs you nothing. It costs you zero. Hop over to careerhackers.com. That's careerhackers.com. All you have to do is give them an email address and they will sign you up for the daily job hunt. It's free. You can unsubscribe anytime. But in the meantime, you will receive incredible free information on how to become a better job applicant and how to go get that job of your dreams it's just an awesome service, even if you're not in that position, but you're like, you have an inkling maybe one day, get started with it now. It doesn't cost you anything, so you can just read it as it comes in, or just read it once or twice a week, and and pick up some tips here and there, so that when that time comes, you are ready. I've been looking at it, and I'm not looking for a job, so check it out, careerhackers.com. Let's get in there with Judge Andrew Napolitano. Enjoy. Welcome back to Liberty Lockdown with Clint Russell. We are once again joined by the legend, Judge Andrew Napolitano. Thank you for joining me, Judge.
2: Oh, it's a pleasure, Clint. I, I love our time together, and I'm happy we now get to do it on a regular basis. Uh, Thursday,
1: Thursday afternoons are a happy time for me. <laughs> <laughs> it's th- the thrill of my life, brother. All right, so let's go right to it. Um, I wanted to know if you have an opinion on what the libertarian position is on DeSantis' stripping disney of its autonomous zone rights it, to me it's a very complicated question and i think many libertarians are are viewing it a little bit too simplistically in that they're saying well that's what we all want we all want our own autonomous zone so why would we want disney stripped of it but then you have this mega corp that's able to contribute untold you know uh, campaign contributions it just it gets very messy so i'm, I'm curious if you have an opinion on that
2: Well, I mean, the real uh, libertarian position is that the government shouldn't be choosing and picking favorites as it did uh, to Disney. They should never have set this up uh, in the first place. Yes, everyone would like to be free from government control and government regulation, but that will probably take a revolution uh, to happen in the United States. It gets complicated because the nature of this legislation has caused Disney to rely on it uh, to the tune of billions and billions and billions of dollars over the years. And the U.S. Constitution prohibits the state from interfering with a contract, even its own contract. Hmm. Uh, Moreover, the First Amendment prohibits the state from punishing uh, Disney because it doesn't like Disney's opinions. Obviously, Disney's been uh, expressing Opinions on the LGBTQ issue issues today, and Governor DeSantis and the Republicans in the Florida legislature don't like those opinions. Well, too bad they can't use their power in the government to punish Disney because of, of Disney's opinions. On the other hand, their predecessors should never have chosen one corporation and relieved it of the same burdens and regulations that are imposed. Uh, on others. How does the government pick favorites? Well, the government picks favorites in ways that it thinks will benefit the government, either with financial contributions or expenditures, uh, political contributions or expenditures in some way. So, if this legislation passes, and it appears it will, it will require a majority vote of the 50 people, 5-0, that live permanently on the Disney property. They're all Disney employees. It's extremely unlikely that they're going to vote for this. If they do and it passes, it will require two Florida counties to assume Disney's debt, which is in excess of a billion dollars. That's a lot of money for these two Florida counties to have to pay off in a finite uh, period of time. Uh, I don't want to criticize Governor DeSantis, but I don't know that they looked at this carefully carefully from a financial and from a constitutional point of view before they just dump down or jump down Disney's throat because they disagree with it. But Clint, this is what happens when the government plays favorites. Mm-hmm. Obviously, the Disney of Walt Disney in the 1960s was very different in its cultural attitudes than the current Disney, And it was easy for the government of Florida to say, yeah, we'll give you the break because we want the economic development that you're going to uh, produce. I mean, Disney Disney employs employs 80,000 people, 80,000. That's 10 times the number of FBI agents there are in the world. So you can see the order of magnitude. Uh, This is huge, the financial consequences could be far beyond anything that Governor DeSantis and the Republicans propose. Bottom line, there, in my view, is no hard and fast libertarian view on this other than the government shouldn't uh, play favorites uh, and it shouldn't engage in corporatism where it benefits one corporation and then the corporation benefits it. This is almost the same thing that happens with the military-industrial complex, except presumably nobody dies. Uh, at Disney whereas the military is in the business of killing.
1: Right. Well, that's man. I I did not I'm going to be honest, I did not expect such an in-depth answer. You really understood this in a way that I I I I now feel as if I was naive on the topic. So thank you for the enlightenment. Well, um, well, you
2: know, it it's um, you know, I didn't read all of it, but the agreement between Disney uh and the state of Florida, which goes back to about 62, uh, 3 or 4 um, is 100 pages long in a single space. And my job is to understand those things, particularly if I know someone like you is going to ask me about it. Right. Um, right. It, it is far more complex than I have uh, just outlined it. Uh, I'm, I'm trying to give you the basics so that the people who are watching and listening to us now can come away with a, a fair understanding of it and decide for themselves which is the libertarian position, that the government should not be picking and choosing favorites, or that we would do almost anything to be in an autonomous zone and be rid of taxes and government regulation.
1: Right. No. You know there's great.
2: no I've never been there, but there's no potholes on the roads there because you don't have to wait for the government to show up, the potholes if they ever happen are repaired immediately.
1: Well that that's the the irony of this is that it kind of shows how how glorious a, a self-governing Area can be, but then it also demonstrates the the corporatist nature of all of this, and that they basically they have this this sweetheart deal with the government. So now you kind of have to go along with the local government if you want to maintain it, because you have now become uh, a benefactor of that largess. So it's it's I a mean, fascinating.
2: Uh, this is what happens when uh, the government treads outside the constitutions or outside the, the moral confines. Of, of the government to which we have consented. I mean, who consented to a government to give away forty thousand square acres of land to a California cartoon uh, maker, <laughs> so that he so that he could create this this uh, draw that attracts people from all over the world? Did the people of Florida really consent to that when they established uh, the Florida Constitution? I think its most recent constitution is nineteen forty eight. Actually that constitution has a clause in it that says the state may not uh, grant benefits to uh, one corporation or a group of people that it doesn't grant to everybody.
1: Well, wouldn't that be nice if that had been applied? Um, right. So this is the kind of a, a logical follow-up here. Uh, can we really consider these large corporations, which are profiting tremendously, not just off the unconstitutional lockdowns, Uh, but also lobbyists and taxpayer dollars, sometimes subsidies, things of that nature. Uh, Can we consider them private businesses at this point?
2: Well, that's another great question. So there's a doctrine called state action, which basically says when uh, the corporation and the government are so intertwined, I'm hiding my face with my fingers here, in a symbiotic relationship so that one exists off of and benefits from the other and the other exists off of and benefits from the one so that you almost can't tell the difference between the two, then the corporation has the same burdens imposed upon it that the government does by the Constitution. I'll give you an example. Wow. Uh, you go to buy a hot dog at um, at Yankee Stadium and the seller says, I'm not selling you the hot dog because you're wearing a, a Boston Red Sox cap. <laughs> so who is making that decision? Is it the vendor in the stadium? Is it the New York Yankees? Is it the city of New York which owns the stadium? Well, mm. well you don't know.
1: Mm-hmm. You can't
2: tell. Uh, therefore, that symbiotic relationship exists. Therefore, the corporation that that leases all the concession stands has the same burdens imposed upon it as the government does. Therefore, it can't discriminate. on the basis of I want to wear a Red Sox cap as opposed to a Yankee cap because the government can't discriminate on that basis. The Yankees could discriminate on that basis. They hate Boston. They don't (laughs) want to see Boston Red Sox caps in the stadium. And they're not governed by the First Amendment because they're a private corporation. But when they enter into an agreement with the government, the city that owns the stadium, and you can't tell who's enforcing that rule, no hot dog without a uh, with a Boston Red Sox cap on. Then the default position is in favor of the freedom of speech. The Yankees lose, and you got to buy your hot dog.
0: <laughs> <laughs> what a what a, bu- a beautiful
2: uh,
1: metaphor. I, I mean, that's.
2: I mean, these things these things happen. The classic case is a um, uh, is a is a hot dog stand. Believe it or not, in a parking garage in Wilmington, Delaware. Uh, Joe Biden's hometown, but this is when Biden was a child in the early uh, '60s. The uh, the guy in the hot dog stand refused to sell a hot dog to an African American person, and mm-hmm. the African American sued and lost because the parking because the hot dog business was a private business. Went all the way to the Supreme. Hot dog stand has a symbiotic relationship with the parking garage. You wouldn't be there to buy a hot dog unless you had parked your car in the city's parking garage. And because the city can't discriminate on the basis of race, neither can this private business in symbiotic relationship with the city discriminate on the basis of race. Now, I'm I'm giving you about three or four weeks of constitutional law in law school. Now your question, can these corporations be regulated? The answer is no, unless... They are so intertwined with the government that you can't tell who's what. So if Mark Zuckerberg is doing the bidding of the Democrats in the Congress by silencing Donald Trump, ah, then you may have a symbiotic relationship between Facebook and the Democrats uh, in the Congress. Now, I don't know that he is, but that's at least the argument you would make, Trump would make, if he wanted to get back onto Facebook, he would say, you know, they're they're governed by the First Amendment because they're not acting on their own; they're acting in behalf of the Congress.
1: Yeah, well, and I, I think that's what many libertarians have come to the conclusion that it's highly probable that these tech behemoths, uh, which are taking some some sort sort of funding from, uh, be it NSA, uh, you know, the the spying apparatuses in this country, it they. It's hard. It's hard to delineate. It's hard to say, like, oh, is this is, is this truly a private company anymore? On top of the fact that they get, um, you know, beneficial tax treatment and they're lobbying very aggressively on Capitol Hill. It gets to a point where, like, I am struggling to say that any big business in this country, and I don't mean all businesses, but any of the mega you know, multinational corporations are truly independent at this point.
2: Well, I'll tell you, and this will scare you and you may know this and, and our your listeners and viewers may know this. There's an uh, AT&T office in San Francisco. I'm going to tell you where it is. It's in San Francisco. Now, you can't get in there. The public can't get in. I don't even know if uh, if the president could get in. It's so well guarded. But if you got in there, you see all kinds of people at computers. You can't tell who works for AT&T and who works for the NSA.
1: Right. There you go. The NSA
2: is literally connected to AT&T's computers in that room, and you can't tell who works for whom. They'd have to wear a badge saying, don't bother me, I work for AT&T. That is clearly a symbiotic relationship. Now, that's just one small part of AT&T. Would it be fair to say that all of AT&T is in a symbiotic relationship uh, with the government? Well, that's a fact question that that I can't answer, but we certainly know that part of it is. And the same is probably the case, I don't know this to be so, the AT&T story was well publicized back in the Patriot Act George excuse me for using foul language on your show that the Patriot Act George W Bush days it may be the case for uh, Verizon and uh and and the other big uh, uh telecoms as well I don't know but the AT&T one was inadvertently well publicized about 15 years
1: ago yeah that's that's astonishing and and I I would not be at all surprised if the same sort of symbiotic relationship exists with twitter and facebook and maybe even google you know these these type of companies they i mean they have such uh immense reach when it comes to our information you know private citizens information and it's just natural that the government's going to want access to that it certainly is i I
2: will tell you who from time to time tells the government to go take a hike and that's apple yes Uh, apple has courageously uh, I don't know what they do privately, but publicly, they have courageously defended my hat is off to Tim Cook, courageously defended the privacy rights of their customers, even even to the point where uh, the FBI has begged Apple to help it break into uh, cell phones so they can figure out who was behind some one of these horrible mass shootings. Right. which only occur because the victims are not allowed to carry guns, but that's another argument for another time. But <laughs> Apple has basically said, no, we don't, we don't break into phones. We're not in that business. We're in the privacy business. Go find somebody else to break yeah. into the phone.
1: Now, that's one of the rare times where a big tech company uh, seems to be doing the right thing. Even if it's for PR purposes, I have to respect and appreciate it. So um, I wanted to ask you about the uh, the Floridian judge that lifted the mask mandate on flights. Did they make the right call? And uh, a follow-up on that, it appears that the, the CDC is now requesting the DOJ to try and appeal it just so that, as Gensaki said, they can keep this option open in the future. Um, so go wherever you want with that.
2: Okay. Uh, in my opinion, um, a single Florida judge – uh, a life-tenured, what we call Article Three federal judge, a federal trial judge appointed by the president, conf- in this case Donald Trump, confirmed by the Senate, made absolutely the right decision for two reasons. One procedural and one substantive. The procedural uh, decision is this. Uh, there's a law that says, a federal law, when a federal agency wants to issue uh, a ruling, uh, you know, you can't have too much sugar in, in soda pop, the FDA, as an example, they have to publish that rule for 30 days so that the public can comment on it, and Congress can invalidate it if it wants. It can't become law until it's been published for 30 days. This applies to the CDC, the FDA, the EPA, all those two- and three- and four-letter initial uh, administrative agencies that the federal government has, of which there are dozens and dozens. Uh, The CDC did not do that. And the law is if the regulation has not been published, then it's invalid. So she could have stopped right there, but she didn't. She went further and said, oh, and by the way, Congress never gave the CDC the authority to do this, even if it had published the regulation. The CDC's concern is with public sanitation. It's not concerned with the health of individuals. So mm-hmm. the CDC can issue regulations about keeping public places clean, but not about covering your face. Hallelujah. This was yep. greeted with such exultation throughout the country. I wish yes. that this lawsuit had been filed two years ago uh, before this judge. So now the CDC is, is wounded and bruised. And Jen Psaki is right. They don't care about masks. They care about their authority right. to do this in the future. So the CDC asked the DOJ... And the DOJ represents all federal agencies in federal court. Even though the CDC has its own lawyers, they don't go into court. They do legal work behind the scenes uh, with respect to other issues that the CDC may have. Buying property, licensing uh, laboratories, conducting uh, dangerous experiments, things like that. There are laws (laughs) and rules that they need lawyers to guide them on that. But with respect to litigation, they all use the DOJ. The DOJ did file... Uh, an appeal with the United States Court of Appeals and the 11th Circuit in Atlanta, which has jurisdiction over federal courts in Florida. Interestingly, I don't think they have asked for a stay, meaning it appears this judge's decision will, will remain in place during the pendency of the appeal. Now, that is very significant because this CDC regulation that she invalidated, it expires in two weeks, oh, wow. I doubt that the appeal will be heard and ruled on in two weeks.
1: So, so it seems as if they're not so concerned about actually getting people back masked up on flights as much as they are. The appeal will be heard afterwards, and and they just want to try and reclaim that power. Am I? I don't. Right? Know.
2: Well, you know, we have there. There's a there are legal principles that require there be a real case and controversy. For a federal court to hear something. So if the if the regulation has expired and doesn't exist, the appeal is gone. And oh,
0: the judges
2: and the judges' decision is the law of the land. Now this the CDC can extend it, but they got to give 30 days notice hmm. and the and the regulation is not in place during those 30 days. So just like with the Florida and Disney, it's it's a complex issue. But if you look at it from a freedom, Perspective. What, and read between the lines what the judge said was Congress never authorized them to do this. And by the way, even if it had, I would have invalidated it because you own your own face. <laughs> the government does not own. In your case, it's a handsome face. In the case of the thousands <laughs> listening to us, whatever their face is, it's their face. They decide. Yeah. We decide whether to put makeup or mascara, whether to shave or not, whether to wear a mask or not. The government doesn't make those decisions. Thank Beautiful. you, Your Honor.
1: Yes, exactly. Well, uh, get you out of here on this. Why? Why did it take two years? Why was there not a lawsuit filed? Or, or was it? Was it? Filed but not heard until now? Like, what no, the hell that, happened?
2: This, this was filed in July. I wish you had ruled uh, sooner. But, you know, yeah. these, these things get online. You know, a typical uh, caseload of a federal judge is 300 cases. Wow. So this gets online, and then it eventually reaches the top of the line, uh, and and the judge begins to uh, address it. Look, there is a CDC case that made it to the uh, Supreme Court. Remember, this? these CDC bureaucrats are out of their minds. They issued a regulation pur- purporting to uh, prevent landlords from evicting tenants who couldn't pay rent because they lost their jobs because the government closed down their businesses in overreaction to the pandemic. Right. Supreme Court invalidated that by a vote of 6-3, to three, saying this, the Congress never gave you the authority to, to regulate the landlord-tenant relationship. Real estate law in America is exclusively local regulated by the states and the cities and towns in which the real estate is located it's not regulated by a bunch of physician bureaucrats in atlanta georgia that's effectively what the supreme court said so the cdc is wounded for them to get this second smackdown is probably more than these left-wing bureaucrats can can accept
1: (laughs) well that's good news for us because if uh if they do have that kind of power, we're, we're verging on communism where the federal government or its agencies can just dictate property rights and, and make them vanish well, during listen, any emergency. So
2: unchecked, the CDC will say, Clint Russell, how much broccoli did you eat this week? I mean, do, we ever <laughs> want, do we ever want to get to a point in our lives where the government is like that? I mean, these people are run amok with authority. They are. We didn't have an independent judici- judiciary uh, to protect... Uh, our rights. These people would trample them.
1: Yeah, you're no doubt you're right about that. We we learned that the hard way the past two years. Well, thank you so much for your time, Judge Knapp. Please tell people where they can follow you. And everybody, go check out his episode last week with the great Dr. Ron Paul. It was amazing. Uh, well, go ahead. Thank you. Uh, well, you can get
2: everything that I have written in the past year or so and said at JudgeKnapp.com. One word, Judge Knapp. And you can get my podcast at Judging Freedom. Uh, we had um, Scott Ritter on, uh, retired Marine uh, officer, one of the UN uh, inspectors in Iraq, the person who said they, they don't have any uh, weapons of yeah. uh, mass destruction. And George Bush was crazy over what Scott said. We had 150,000 uh, viewers, and Scott will be on next week. And okay. our subscribers are growing and growing. So judging freedom uh, on YouTube. You can get it in many places, but YouTube is probably the best place to get it.
1: Brilliant. Yeah. And I think Scott Ritter got got suspended from Twitter for talking about uh, yeah. Ukraine recently. And it's like, well, this guy heroically told the truth about our last war. What are we doing? Yep. You know, banning people like this. Amazing. Yep. Anyways, thank you so much for your time, Judge Knapp. Everybody go subscribe and check out his show. It is tremendous. Judging Freedom. Thank you, Judge Knapp.
2: Thank you, Clint. All the best until next Thursday.
1: Cannot wait, sir. After talking to Judge Knapp, I have more to say about the DeSantis Disney battle du jour. I think that he highlighted some things and some information I didn't know about, obviously, as you could tell, I was pretty blown away by the depth of his knowledge on the on the subject. And I hope you felt like you learned something too. Uh, it seems as if DeSantis's plan may fail. But putting that aside for a second, I do want to talk a little bit about why I think it's It's something that we might want to support or at least stand aside and allow to happen. And to make my point, I'm going to go to one of my favorite lefties out there, and that is, you guessed it, Glenn Greenwald says, former intelligence officials citing Russia say big tech monopoly power is vital to national security. Are you nervous yet? When the U.S. security state announces that big tech centralized censorship power must be preserved, we should ask what this reveals about whom this regime serves. Well, I got a a hint for you. It ain't you. A group of former intelligence and national security officials on Monday issued a jointly signed letter warning that pending legislative attempts to restrict or break up the power of big tech monopolies, Facebook, Google, and Amazon would jeopardize national security because they argue Their centralized censorship power is crucial to advancing U.S. foreign policy. The majority of this letter is devoted to repeatedly invoking the grave threat allegedly posed to the U.S. by Russia, as illustrated by the invasion of Ukraine. And it repeatedly points to the the dangers of Putin and the Kremlin to justify the need to preserve Big Tech's power in its maximalist form. Any attempts to restrict Big Tech's monopolist power would therefore undermine the U.S. fight against Moscow. See how convenient that is? that they use the Russia-Ukrainian war to justify backing the biggest monopolies maybe in the history of the world. Yeah. I'm not going to read this whole thing because you'll get the point through the first two paragraphs, but I have a lot to say about it. While one of their central claims is that big tech monopoly power is necessary to combat, i.e. censor, foreign disinformation, several of these officials are themselves leading disinformation agents. Many were the same former intelligence officials who signed the now infamous and debunked pre-election letter fraudulently claiming that the authentic Hunter Biden emails had the hallmarks of Russian disinformation. Former Obama Director of National Intelligence James Clapper, former Obama CIA Director Michael Morell, former Obama CIA Pentagon Chief Leon Panetta, others who signed this new letter have strong financial ties to the big tech corporations whose power they are defending in the name of national security, including Morell, Panetta, former Bush National Security Advisor Fran Townsend, uh, the ostensible purpose of the letter is to warn of the national security dangers from two different bipartisan bills, one pending in the Senate, the other in the House. Blah, blah, blah. I'm going to leave all that aside. Uh, the reason that this matters or the reason that this correlates to the DeSantis versus Disney battle is that. And, and if you don't understand some of the fundamentals of this, go back and and watch my uh, go wo. I think it's called Go Woke or Go Broke, How ESG Took Over the World episode. I did about two months ago. And let me tell you, these big businesses are not your friends. They are not representative of capitalism, which I love and I defend all the time. These are not capitalist enterprises. They are, at best, crony capitalist enterprises. At best. And I think they're far closer to just being essentially you know, oligarchs or fascistic arms of the state. And I think it's a huge mistake for the libertarian community who values capitalism to come out and defend companies like Disney. Many libertarians I've seen today and you know, since this DeSantis thing came out have been defending Disney. And they don't care about you. They are a money making operation and they are also being funded by BlackRock and Vanguard and all the worst ESG propagators on earth. And they are pushing woke ideology. And I take it very seriously, very seriously. And I'm surprised that I take it as seriously as I do because I don't have kids. But I have now seen enough from this wokeification of the next generation. And I've, I've read enough, I've learned enough from listening to James Lindsay a lot that this is a very big threat. This is essentially how Marxism is going to crush our society. And if we don't put up a fight, then we're going to lose. And I think that these big businesses that are pushing the woke agenda via ESG funding, where they don't give a damn about the consumer, their primary concern. And I've made this point in that other episode that I told you to go watch, but their primary concern is having a good ESG score so that they can continue to get funded by people like BlackRock and Vanguard and the other big ESG money brokers that exist out there. That's what it's about. It is less about the consumer than it is about their ESG score. That's how powerful this is. BlackRock on its own has over $10 trillion under management combined i've read that it's 40 to 50 trillion that is being distributed based off of esg investing guidelines esg is environmental social and governance go watch that episode if you don't know about it just take my word for it if you if you don't uh, and you don't want to go back and listen but this is a this is the most powerful mechanism for the implementation of marxism i have ever even imagined and it is happening and it has been happening for at least a decade in earnest and we are way behind the eight ball and the libertarians of all people should be able to wrap their heads around this because you guys understand the power of the printing press and the power of money. And you understand that when, when capital flows in a certain direction, you get all sorts of incentives that correlate with it. Right. But if capital is flowing based off of perversion of capitalism well then you're going to have a bunch of incentives that are misaligned that do not go along with the consumer anymore they are no longer serving their consumer that's a problem and whether or not they're serving the government or they're serving some sort of larger agenda it's kind of irrelevant either way it is not capitalism and it's not something we should be defending i would like to see all of these companies go bankrupt And this is a huge shift for me because even three years ago, probably I would have defended companies like Amazon or Disney or Google. I mean, other than the fact that I knew that they were doing um, some spying and they had backroom dealings with the government, which I didn't like, but I just kind of saw it was like an inevitability. um, I didn't understand the depth of the depravity. I did not understand that. ESG I didn't know anything about ESG. I knew nothing about it. And now that I do, Now that I understand that's where wokeism is coming from, it is not so much coming from academia, which it certainly is coming from there too, but the the real implementation in a meaningful way, a way that is unavoidable for everybody, that's how ESG. They are taking over corporate America and not just corporate America, but the global corporate elite. That's what they're doing. It is a huge threat enormous, bigger than pretty much anything that I'm aware of, other than, you know, nuclear war or something. And it drives me crazy when I see libertarians run cover for these businesses, even if it's just to point out that like, it's not the libertarian position for DeSantis to strip Disney of this autonomous zone. But see, the thing is Disney should have never had an autonomous zone. And now what it looks like you're doing to, of a layperson is you're defending Disney, a huge multi billion dollar corporation who gets special treatment against all com- competition, all competitors, the little guys. It looks like you are saying they're getting special treatment and we agree with it, which libertarians don't. So if you're not making that crystal clear, you are not doing us a service. You have to be very clear about that when you say, like I, I know the the obvious answer, and everyone, you know, the everyone brings it up to me like it's so profound. Well, what we should be advocating for is that everyone gets their own autonomous zone. I'm like, come on, man. Do you think I don't know that? Do you think I, I, I that wouldn't be my preference? I'm an anarchist. I'm an ancap, for sakes. Of course, that's my preference. Is it gonna happen? No, not anytime soon. That's for sure. So in the meantime. If we're going to have any semblance of a capitalist world, you're going to have to have a level playing field so that these megacorps can't just run us over. And that's what we're dealing with right now is big business is absolutely running us over, running over the little guy, running over all small businesses, all competitors. And on top of that, because of ESG, Vanguard and BlackRock, who have access to the Fed window, Are essentially using the Cantillon effect, where they get to use that money to purchase an ideological methodology in corporate America before, and and they get the full purchasing power of those dollars before those dollars trickle down to us, where they have already lost power or lost purchasing power through inflation. So this combines our two, what should be the two things we hate more than anything, which is crony capitalism in the federal fucking reserve. If you guys can't get behind this and fight this, I don't know what you're looking at. I really don't. This is huge and this is this is an opportunity more than anything. I'm not even, I don't even want to like lecture you guys so much as to say this is our opportunity to let the American people know that we see the problem and we have the solution. And if we don't see the problem We can't offer the solution, and they shouldn't fucking listen to us, anyways. So, do your research, do your homework. Check out the episode I did. Check out James Lindsay's work. This is real serious stuff, and it's provable. It's like it's—I'm not like hypothesizing as to what's going on. These people write about it; they're very clear. The whole Klaus Schwab World Economic Forum—that's all part of it too. Um, so yeah, fuck Disney. That's kind of the conclusion with this, and I'm I'm not some DeSantis stan where like there's not he can do no wrong. Of of course, I would prefer that he was just like we're not going to ha- have Disney get special treatment. Everybody is an autonomous zone now, and there's no more zoning on uh, on real estate, and you can build whatever you want, and you can stop paying taxes. Come on, you think that's going to happen? You think it's going to happen? No, it's not. So in the meantime. Fight the fights you can win, guys. And if you have, even if you view DeSantis as your enemy, allow him to fight your other enemy. Don't get in the way. Let your enemies take each other out. This is just like obvious tactical you know, warfare strategy. Just step aside. Don't, don't point out the hypocrisy. If DeSantis says he's a small government guy, but then he takes an autonomous zone from Disney, don't say, ah, hypocrite. He's not small government. I'm not saying he's small government. He's smaller government than Biden, obviously. But he's not like... He's not us. He's not an ANCAP. You know? This isn't ANCAPistan. I'm sorry. I wish it were. If you want that, move to New Hampshire. Move to the Free State Project and make that reality happen. But in the meantime, there are statist methodologies that can be beneficial to us. And just tactically, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense to get in the way. So... I have a lot, I have a lot more thoughts on this subject and I'm sure I'll cover it more in the future, but I hope that that helps elucidate where I'm coming from and why I feel so passionately about this. And, you know, forgive me if I come across, you know, overly angry online, if any of you comment back to me on this, uh, or, or you have over the past week and and I was, you know, curt with you, but I, I, I just, I see this very clearly. So I'm just I'm trying to get the rest of you with me on this because I need you. I really do. And the only way we're going to make progress on this is if we if we all see this similarly. We don't have to see it identically, but we have to at least understand the basics of this. Because a lot of people don't. A lot of people. And a lot of the libertarians don't. So if you have a libertarian friend, or if you just have a conservative friend or any any friend out there that doesn't understand this, share it with them. Share them this segment. Let them understand the the depths of the problem that we face. Because I, I think a lot of people just think that wokeism is a fad or it's it's a product of academia. It's that too, but it's a whole lot more. So I hope this helped explain that. This Sunday, two days from now, 9 p.m. Eastern, live on Liberty Lockdown. Guess who's coming on? The Four Horsemen. It's going to be so good. Reed Coverdale, Eric Jackman, and Ryan Dawson. Naturalist Capitalists, Jackman Radio, and ANC Report. All three of them live with me, 9 Eastern. Check it out. I'm going to try and run it live on YouTube. I may switch it to my locals, depending on if I think Ryan Dawson will get me banned. I don't know. I haven't decided yet. I think it'll be on YouTube. Um, so anyways, thank you guys for tuning in. Please, 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 if you want to support the show, go to top com. And search for Liberty Lockdown. This is the best shirt. You guys got to get one. Just get one. It makes it looks so sick. It's so sexy. And if you wear it, and then you comment, and you subscribe, you'll probably get laid. Let's just be honest. Like, you wear this shirt, you comment, and you subscribe. What girl's going to turn you down? Only idiots. You don't want to sleep with an idiot. So, only the smartest chicks. Smartest chicks are going to see that shirt. They're going to be like, "Yo, you like guns?" Establish twenty twenty. Let's hook up. (laughs) Anyways, thank you guys so much for tuning in. Uh, Oh, I also wanted to just say one last last plug, even though they didn't pay me for it. I just love this salsa or this hot sauce. Check out Tennessee Hot Sauce Company. Go to TNHotSauceCO.com and use the promo code Liberty to get a subscription. I'm telling you, I got my I, I just tried it a couple days ago and that shit is bomb so so good so uh tnhotsauceco.com promo code liberty i just want to help them out they're a small company they're like i said they're not paying me for this i just i really think that um anytime we have an opportunity to get a good product and support a libertarian it's a dope opportunity to do so and this is how you do it tnhotsauceco.com promo code liberty i will catch you sunday night don't miss it before i get out of here I've been telling you guys, if you leave five-star reviews, I'll read them on the show. I always do it audio only. I'm going to do it on video tonight just because I want you guys to to feel the love here. It's so nice when you guys do this for me. It really helps with the algorithms, just like when you like, comment, subscribe. The absolute best South Park Kelly says Liberty Lockdown is probably the best libertarian podcast out there with the obvious exception of Liberty Tree, whose host Matthew and Kelly might be the smartest and funniest and obviously best looking podcast hosts on the planet. But besides Liberty Tree, Clint at Liberty Lockdown brings the heat like no one else. And he is never wrong about economics, culture, politics or manliness. Arr. We at Liberty Tree cannot recommend Liberty Lockdown highly enough, so give it a listen and leave a five-star review. It's easy, and it's the least you can do to support a rag guy like Clint in his quest to spread that Liberty shit. Uh, Liberty Tree, by the way, sent me a shirt. I'm not wearing it tonight. It hasn't arrived yet, um, but check them out. Support them. I like how they threw their show's name in there three times. I like it. I like how you're working it. You know, work your plugs in there, folks. It's okay. It's okay. I don't have any problem with it. You leave me a five-star review, I give you a plug. Scratch my back. I scratch yours so check out Liberty Tree thank you guys we're out
0: big shout out to everybody that's been
1: with me since Jump Street appreciate y'all
0: Welcome to Liberty Lockdown Please scan your code. Your liberty ain't gone But yeah, it's on hold Where did it come from And where did it go It requires a fight Not t- from your phone Don't need a king Get him off the fucking throne If you're riding with the thought You've always got a home The virus you're scared of will come and it'll go The government knows Just don't get treated like a hoe Like Nico and Shane You're probably wondering What's happening Scared Hollywood left these lyrical fappin' Our a typo in Luke Might bring them nooses We all bite the bullet I'm the king of the gooses Freckles and Brit Didn't know I could spit Knew I was a patriot phenomenon Shit. Peter Quinonez, invite me on. Which podcaster sends custom songs? Part of the problem? Nah, I stand with the people. Dave showed the way, but I am unequal. Lions of liberty now hear me roar. Beat running out, but I got a bit more. Robbie the fire, always running his mouth, but I made him a sandwich. Now I'm man of the house. The malice for Nick, but you're welcome to quit. I went over BLM with a fire I spit. Friends against government just caught us fags. Copy the Cairo, put mummies in the bag. Liable opinions get thrown on the ground. Silky smooth time was the only sound.